Known for Disney World Orlando, the Everglades, and the beautiful beaches of Miami, Florida is home to over 20 million people, making it the third most populated state in the United States. With a population that big, it is perhaps no surprise that the Sunshine State has dozens of mysterious cases that are yet to be solved. In today's episode, we'll be exploring two twisted cold cases from Florida. Shanithia Green. Born on September 30th of 1975, little is known about the life of Shanithia Green before her disappearance in the 1990s. Shortly before the event, she graduated from Blanche Ellie High School and began working part-time as a cashier at Kmart. On August 26th of 1993, at around 5 a.m., 17-year-old Shanithia left her family home in the 1600 block of North Cyprus Road in Pompano Beach. She planned to take her boyfriend to work. However, it is unclear if Shanithia ever did so. At 8 a.m., her mother, Henrietta, awoke. She assumed the teenager was in her bedroom as the door was closed and her car was in the driveway. As normal, Henrietta went to work. She returned at 10 p.m and found that Shanithia wasn't at home, but again thought nothing of it. Oftentimes during the evenings, the 17-year-old would visit her boyfriend and they'd spend time together. Henrietta grew concerned, however, when she woke up at 3 a.m. and found that Shanithia was still not home, despite her 1.30 a.m. curfew. The family waited all day for the teenager to return, but she never did. The following morning, Two days after she was last seen, Shanithia was reported missing. Nothing was missing from the 17-year-old's room other than her handbag. There were no clothes unaccounted for in her wardrobe, and her paycheck from work was never collected. In the years since she was last seen, Shanithia's bank account has had no activity. In the days following her vanishing, the teenager's family set out to search for her, they eventually located her vehicle, a white 1992 Pontiac Lemons, in the parking lot of a Days Inn Hotel in the 1400 block of Northwest 31st Avenue in Pompano Beach on August 29th. The car was locked and appeared to have been abandoned. Shanithia's handbag was found underneath the front seat and contained a fake ID which listed her name as Togerta C. Montgomery. There was no sign of the 17-year-old at the scene, and nothing else of interest was found in the car. There was no blood and no sign of a struggle. However, witnesses came forward in the following days, noting that they'd seen a woman resembling Shanithia speaking with an African-American male who was driving an 18-wheeler truck with a blue cab and New Jersey license plates. Despite the efforts of police, this man has never been identified nor has he ever come forward. In April of 1995, 
Authorities received an anonymous tip which claimed that a teenager had been buried in the garden of a house in the 2800 block of Northwest 4th Street in Pompano Beach. Although a search was carried out with cadaver dogs, no evidence of Shanithia's body was ever found. However, details of this search are hard to come by. According to one source, a dig at the site revealed chicken bones, beer cans, disposable lighters, coke bottles, and a leaky septic tank. But it's unclear if this septic tank was ever checked and drained, which might have been a mistake on the part of the police. Online sleuths have theorized that since cadaver dogs sent something from the area, it's possible Shanithia's remains were located in this tank and would have been found had the tank been properly drained. Investigators working the case have been heavily criticized for making very little effort to solve it. Shanithia's mother, Henrietta, noted that she had a difficult time convincing the police department that her daughter was missing and hadn't just run off. At the time of her vanishing, the 17-year-old had no history of running away and had never left home before. Sadly, cases of police failing to diligently investigate incidences of black men and women disappearing from this time are not unheard of. No charges have ever been brought in Shanithia's disappearance, and leads in her case are almost non-existent. Henrietta has shared her belief that her daughter died at the hands of two people she knew, but she has never named them publicly, and it's unclear if authorities investigated the pair. The case was reopened in 2006, but no new leads were found. Shanithia was last seen at around five o'clock in the morning of August 26, 1993, leaving her family home in the 1600 block of North Cypress Road in Pompano Beach, Florida. She is a black female with black hair and brown eyes and between six foot one and six foot two. Shanithia was around 190 to 200 pounds when she was last seen. Her upper right front tooth is gold and engraved with the letter G or N and she has pierced ears. She also has a small white skin discoloration on her lower right leg. She may use the alias Torqueta C. Montgomery and sometimes goes by the nickname Nikki. If you have any information about Shanithia's whereabouts, you can contact the Broward County Sheriff's Office on 954-765-4321. Or alternatively, you can call the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children on 1-800-THE-LOST. Terence Williams. Born on January 17th of 1976, Terence Williams grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. By the time he was 27 years old, he had fathered four children and had numerous run-ins with the law. He got into trouble with the authorities regarding issues with his child support payments and spent 55 days in jail for a DUI charge. He also spent 11 months behind bars after pleading guilty to robbery in 1995. However, after leaving prison, Terence moved to Naples, Florida, so that he could be closer to his mother, Marcia, and turn his life around. Throughout his adult life, Terence had spent much of his time working in construction, but shortly before his disappearance, he had taken a job working at a pizza hut restaurant. 
The 27-year-old was extremely close with his mother. He called her daily, and they spent every Sunday together, which is why Marcia found it odd when she didn't hear from her son on Monday, January 12th of 2004. She did not wait around. She tracked down Terence's white Cadillac, which had been towed. Marcia found out that a tow report had been signed by Deputy Stephen Calkins of the Collier County Sheriff Office. Calkins was a former farmer from Illinois who'd spent 17 years on the force. He had an exemplary record and had never had any issues with his job. A married man and a father of three, Calkins had even received commendations for helping to lift an overturned pickup truck off a man who was suffocating to death. But it appeared there was a darker side to the deputy that had either gone unnoticed or been brushed under the carpet. On January 12th, Terence was reportedly pulled over by Deputy Calkins between 9 and 10 a.m. near the Naples Memorial Cemetery, located in the area of 111th Avenue North and Vanderbilt Drive. Calkins discovered that Terence's license tag had expired and that he was driving without a license. As a result, the deputy placed the 27-year-old man into the back of his car and drove off. Terence was never seen again. Cemetery workers told Terence's mother that they'd seen Calkins putting the young man into the back of his car. He then asked if he could leave the Cadillac there, but the workers later saw him moving the vehicle to the side of the road. One day after the incident, Terence's roommate contacted Marcia to ask if she'd seen him. While an investigation was launched into Terence's disappearance, Calkins' statements to investigators often conflicted. He initially reported that the car had been abandoned, but later told investigators that he had pulled the car over because it appeared to be having some problems. He also later contacted a dispatcher requesting Terence's information, contradicting his statement that he'd stumbled upon an abandoned vehicle. Calkins later claimed that Terence had asked him for a ride to the Circle K store at Wiggins Pass Road. The 27-year-old said that he worked there and he was concerned about losing his job. The deputy said that he agreed to drop Terence off, stating that, despite his long dreadlocks, he seemed to be a very clean young man, very respectful and very well-spoken. While the pair drove to the store, Calkins decided not to arrest Terence, who told him that his registration was in the glove box of the Cadillac. After dropping the 27-year-old off, the deputy drove back to the older vehicle and checked, but the glove box was empty. Feeling embarrassed, Calkins contacted the Circle K store, only to find out they had no employees by the name of Terence. CCTV turned up no footage of the 27-year-old, and phone records checked by investigators failed to show that Calkins had called the store. None of the employees at Circle K recalled talking to him. However, the deputy had no explanation for this discrepancy. Culkins underwent three polygraph tests during the course of the investigation. He failed the question, after you dropped Terence off at the Circle K, did you have any further contact with him? When the deputy responded with no. However, it is always worth remembering that polygraph tests are famously unreliable and are not admissible in most courts. Although his patrol car was searched, no evidence was found. Examiners noted that it was immaculate. Swamps in the area were searched for bodies, 
and a GPS tracking device was fitted to Kalkin's vehicle in case he traveled to the dump site, but he never did. It's noted that the deputy's home was never searched as there was not enough evidence for a warrant. Culkins was later fired from the sheriff's department for numerous reasons, including lying about the case and being uncooperative during it, and for being negligent in not following agency rules and procedures. In the years since, he has continued to deny being involved with Terence's disappearance. He now resides in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. In August of 2018, Marcia filed a wrongful death lawsuit, claiming that Terence was dead and Calkins was responsible. In Florida law, someone can be presumed dead if they haven't been home in five years and their absence cannot be explained by investigations. Marcia said that she filed the lawsuit so she could get closure for Terence's four children. The lawsuit was dismissed in June of 2019, but Marcia and her lawyer were given 20 days to file another amended complaint. The judge ruled that they did not demonstrate with persuasive and convincing force and effect of the evidence that Calkins was responsible for Terence's vanishing and presumed death. A 2021 article reports that this action is now being contested. Unfortunately, it is widely believed that Terence was not Calkins' first victim. 24-year-old Philippe Santos vanished at around 6.30 a.m on October 14th of 2003. Philippe was a Mexican man living in Immokalee, Florida, and had been driving to work with his brothers when the trio were involved in a minor road accident. Deputy Calkins responded to the scene and put Philippe in the back of his patrol vehicle for reckless driving and for driving without insurance or a license. Later that day, the 24-year-old's boss contacted the county jail to post bail but he found out that Philippe had never been booked. Kalkin claimed that, like Terence, he chose not to arrest Philippe because he was polite and cooperative. He dropped the young man at a local Circle K on Immokalee Road. However, the driver involved in the incident said Kalkin seemed annoyed by the 24-year-old's lack of documents, saying he just stated that he was tired of pulling people over that didn't have licenses. Philippe's family filed a complaint against Kalkin, but he was cleared of any wrongdoing. The 24-year-old hasn't been seen or heard from since and is presumed dead. Terence's mother believes her son is dead also. A popular theory in both of these cases is the Starlight Tour Theory, which describes the practices of police officers driving individuals to the edge of town or outside of the city limits and leaving them to get home themselves. This abuse is known to have started occurring in the 1970s and became well known in the 2000s when Native American men in Canada became frequent victims of the practice. Some believe that Terence was dropped in the Everglades and died of exposure or from some other danger. Terence Williams was last seen on the morning of January 12, 2004. He was near the Naples Memorial Cemetery, located in the area of 111th Avenue North and Vanderbilt Drive. He is a black man and has brown eyes and brown hair. He is around five foot eight and was about 160 pounds when last seen. Terence has several tattoos and they are as follows. 
a T on the left side of his chest, the initials ET on his right shoulder, and the name Terence on his left forearm in red ink with blue highlights. Terence also has a gold crown with the letter T on his upper right tooth. While his other upper front tooth is gold, he has a vertical scar on his right shoulder and a dark birthmark on the right side of his abdomen. He was last seen wearing a short sleeve t-shirt, blue jeans, and brown Timberland boots, as well as two diamond earrings and a silver watch. Meanwhile, Philippe Santos is a Hispanic male with black hair and brown eyes. He is around five foot seven, and at the time of his disappearance, weighed around 150 pounds, and wore a t-shirt, blue jeans, and boots. If you have any information about the whereabouts of either Philippe Santos or Terence Williams, you can contact Crime Stoppers on 800-780-8477. Or alternatively, you can contact the Collier County Sheriff's Office at 239-252-9300. And there you have the facts. Please leave a comment down below with your own theories and speculations, and remember to like this video and subscribe to support the channel. You can also support us on Patreon for the chance to have your hometown featured in an upcoming cold case detective investigation. Thank you for watching, stay alert, stay safe, and I'll see you next time.